Last episode, we broke down the Bassmaster Elite schedule. This week, we bring to you the MLF Bass Pro Tour. That's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, God, it's a toad, It's a toad, dude. Let's go. I wake up to a little bit of drool on my pillow, feel like it's going to be a bad day. What's going on, listeners? Episode five. Episode five. Already here. Man. Yeah. Talking about the MLF and the Bass Pro Tour specifically in Major League Fishing. Going to work through their schedule like we did with the Elites, but uh, as always, I'm Pete. I have Ben, Trey to my left, and uh, yeah, we're ready to talk through this, but uh, I think Trey's got something to share. Yeah, before we jump into it, Pete, uh, thanks for throwing the intro out here. We want to talk about uh, OneCast Fishing, who's our main sponsor uh, for the show. We appreciate support, Ben. Thank you very much. But uh, we want you to head on over to onecastfishing.com and use the code the OneCast to save 10% at checkout. One of the things that's been flying off the shelf are these long neck hooks, the four aughts and the five aughts. These things are amazing. If you guys are trying to increase, uh, increase your hookup, um, especially when you're dragging a big worm around on a Carolina rig, you can use these hooks for so many different things. But these things are pretty amazing. Head on over to onecastfishing.com, use the code the one cast save 10% on your checkout. All right. That's all I got. Appreciate it. Yep. Trey. Absolutely. So we're today we're talking about the Bash Pro Tour PPT, which is now switched to five fish. Five fish. So, five so fish. I was actually listening to a conversation with the CEO now. Boyd uh, Duckett. Boyd Duckett. And he said, they're still going to weigh every fish. It's just, we'll auto coal. Same pen, right? Same penalties if it hits the deck. Rules doesn't really change that way, but uh, they are now going to the five heaviest fish will determine the winner of the tournament. So it might change strategy for guys a little bit. It's it's what we're all used to. You know, we talk about a, a, a five bag limit. We go out, we catch twenty pounds, twenty five pounds. Everyone knows what we're talking about. So the BPT will be going that to this year. So it'll be a, a slight change than what they've done the last. Well, actually, since they started the cup events yep. like ten years ago. Um, so I'm excited for it. I think most guys are excited for it. I think the anglers voted or, or there was a lot of preference for that. So should be a good year for the BPT and, and stage one. So their first event down in Florida, as we would expect uh, for a February tournament. And that's at the Kissimmee chain. What do you guys think about it? Well, they, they fished it in 2019. Uh, Jordan Lee won that and it breaking these ones down are tough because he won it. And so championship day weight, so the last day, with 26 fish for 55 pounds and one ounce. Again, talking about, I don't know how to, yeah, you're right. I don't know how to compare that. It's like a little over two-pound average, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The strategy definitely changes when you're fishing in all fish or two-pounder counts and stuff like that. You could get by with catching some spawning fish and stuff, but at the end of the day, somebody's got to find something special, a group of fish that they can continue to sit there and weigh all day, which is going to be interesting with this five-fish format because from a content perspective, from a viewer perspective, mm, I'm not so sure it's going to be that great. Uh, I'm a fan of fishing altogether, but I'm curious to see what this format change looks like. I feel like it. Yeah, I don't know that that's going to make it any better to watch or worse, but... And as I understand it, it's still the final weight. They reset the weights for Championship Sunday. So, as we try to predict what weights might be, so think a Simony Chain, Championship Sunday, what's going to be the bag on Sunday? Five fish. Five yeah. fish. I, you can't... I can't do it based off history. 
Because history, I'd, Jordan Lee, what'd he do? He found a school of two-pounders and caught every single one he could. Yeah, but but let's think about work at Simony Chain in Florida. We kind of know this lake. The, 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 the pro tours go there all the time. 20 pounds. 20 pounds? The win? I guess I'm going to say 25. I mean, that that could be... I think they're early. That could be prime spawn. I think it's early. About a week. Maybe I'm going to lowball it, and I'm going to go like 18 and a half to 19 pounds. The only reason I say that is because, yes, they are going at a, a little bit of a different time. Um, a lot of these anglers are going to be changing their strategies from what they've been used to for years and years. Like Everybody can catch five fish, but at the end of the day, you're getting broken up into different groups. You're cutting the weights uh, after day one and, and day two, and then you're moving on. I mean, you have less anglers on the body of water, so that's important because it's going to put a less pressure on the fish. But with this new format change, not that it's new to them, but it is new, um, I think it's going to change some strategy a little bit. So I'm going to go low. I'm going to go 18, 19 pounds. It's not changing the pressure, unlike kissing me. I'm going Because 20. even though it's two separate days, it's the same number of anglers, just the fish don't get hit at the exact same time but they're still going to be fishing a lot of the same stuff so it's still going to be five days of getting hammered by 50 anglers a day it I'm, oh go ahead i'm going i'm going 23 to 25 pounds 23 to 25 yeah. pete you're going 20 i think 20 is fair i'm gonna lowball them and you know like they don't unlike you know the elites or any other event that you're on the body of water like with them taking a day off in between uh events depending on what group they're in they have no idea who's going to be on the fish that they were catching or, yep. or their spots and stuff like that. So someone is going to go out and catch an eight pounder down there. Yeah. And then oh, they're going yeah, to gonna gonna get another five pounder or you're at 13, you know, three more, three pounders. You're, you're, you're that 22 to 25. Yep. It's, you know, level. This is what it's good. <laughs> I don't even know how to, I'm trying not to sound negative, but <laughs> you're just watching an elite tournament without the weigh in at this point. Guys are going to fish for five fish again. Yeah. You're not going to have a guy sitting on a school of two-pounders catching 140 fish. They're going to go catch their limit. They're going to go catch five fish, and they're going to try to catch five three-pound-plus fish. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, fish management is definitely going to be different in this uh, not, in this format. It's not going to be as much fun to watch Kate ca I don't think catch so. weigh and release when it, the guys might catch six fish in a day yeah. instead of catching 60 or 25, whatever. I agree. I, I thought of that initially when they, they came out with a format change, even though we're, we're five fish format people and, and that's the root of bass fishing. Um, if the angler catches his first five fish that he wants to weigh in for the day within the first hour or two, and then he decides to do fish management the rest of the day and not catch anything... He's going to Timmy Horton it. He's That's going to go be, back to the you know, dock and for, order Papa John's pizza. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, from a viewer perspective, does that become boring? Yeah, They're going 100%. to be switching boats, right? Camera crews are going to be switching boats if they don't have cameras on all the boats and stuff like that. So I just, I'm curious to see. I'm going to give it a shot because I think everything deserves the benefit of the doubt. Imagine uh, watching an elite tournament, knowing the exact weight that everybody has and there be no way in at the end of it. Now, with that being said, though, you bring up a good point. Everyone knows your weight, right? So that potentially is going to force those anglers to continue to catch fish throughout the day and upgrade, right? You know, our last hour of the day, somebody jumps up with a five, six-pound lead. Somebody's like, oh, man, yeah, I know I, where that fish is the on the bed. The difference is I need a seven-pounder now. Sure. Whereas before, sure. I just needed to catch five two-pounders or three two-pounders. That's right. So... 
I don't think it's going to be fun to watch personally. It, it, it will be interesting if everyone knows their weight when you start talking about cut lines mm-hmm. and you got guys who are oh, well above the cut line and they, they maybe four or five, six pounds above the cut line and they're, they're probably pretty safe how that actually changes them. Yeah. I'm telling you what fishing. I'm doing. If it's me and I'm say, let's say I'm six pounds above the cut line. And I know where there's a five or six pound fish sitting on a bed. I'm just running block the rest of the day. Yeah, just going to stand right I'm in front gonna, of it. I'm just going to power pull down and eat a sandwich. And I'm going to block anybody. I've done it. I've done it in local tournaments yeah. where I'll, I'll find a fish pre-fishing that I want to catch in a tournament. I know I can't see that fish because of the sun and everything till 1130. I'll just go sit there next to it where I'm not going to spook that fish and just block. Yeah. So I know that that five, six, seven, eight, whatever it is, is going to be there. Unless somebody came and caught it at night, but yeah, I think so, you're gonna see you're gonna see guys block. So defense, defense yeah, is. I think gonna, you're gonna see that. Yeah. Well, that will be that's an interesting dynamic. We we might see some some defense and some different strategy because you do know everyone's weight and you know exactly where you're sitting at and you you know how the body of water's fishing and who's behind you and what they're doing is that you can calculate, you know, the, your course of action that's going to be the most beneficial. Yeah. Kiss me, you'll be an interesting one. But then I we're hope, going to Norman. Yeah, I hope it's not boring, but yeah, we're going to take this from Florida to, to North Carolina. Redcrest, Lake Norman, March 8th through 12th. Mm. Spotted Bass Lake, but there are some big largemouth in there. There's it's going to be miserable. Yeah, it's, it's going to be cold. Early. It's going to be cold, but there are some hot holes on that lake, if I'm not mistaken, correct? One. There's a warm water discharge, There's yeah, one. One, one on that lake, one so... Drink. Yeah, that's a very overwhelming lake for those of you who are watching or listening. If you've never fished Lake Norman before, I think it's, gosh, 40,000, 50,000 acres. It's massive. It's a massive lake. And if you don't have a good map card and, and you just don't know it, there's a lot of shoals on that lake. If you want to take a kid fishing, take him to Lake Norman. They will catch spotted bass, I promise you right now. The trick of that lake is finding out where the big largemouth uh, live because those are going to win the tournament, I believe. I, I agree. That that will be the key. It's going to be a couple of those largemouth kickers is, is going to push somebody over the top. Because, be again, tough. you can't just sit on a spotted bass school. Nope. nope. And it's going to be tough to find those big largemouth at the beginning of March. Yep. Yeah, because there is so much... There are so many points and offshore rock piles and brush piles. Yep. And there just aren't the number of largemouth in that lake that there used to be. And, and Norman's two hours from us. Mm-hmm. I yep. think it's slightly behind Jordan Harris and our little local lakes because mm-hmm. I think the elevation's a little higher. Yep. Um, so typically, of course, you got you know that one section of the lake has a warm weather warm weather discharge, but the rest of the lake, it's a little early. Sixteen pounds is about the average to win on that yeah. on Norman. We're local guys. So. Rip Rap's going to play. Docs are going to play. Everything's going to play in that lake. I'd like to see Brian Thrift get after it. I mean, that's pretty close to his home body of water. If I'm not mistaken, Norman is his home body of water, right? Thrift is on the BPT still? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah I think that's probably close. <laughs> we, we co- I keep coming back to it, but the, tra- the change in strategy. Yeah. Like, you know, someone like Jacob Wheeler, or, who's very good on his electronics and forward-facing sonar, Again, you can't rely on catching a hundred spotted bass. That's true. Spotted Norman bass would have been awesome under the old format. Absolutely. Absolutely. Under the new five fish format, I don't think it's going to be that great to watch. Yeah. Honestly. I think somebody like Brian Thrift, who has 
a lot of knowledge on that lake who's really good at whipping a buzz bait around. He knows the body of water. He's really good at catching largemouth on those spotted bass lakes. I think somebody like him is going to show out. I'd like to see him ho- uh, hoist one of those uh, trophies above his head. Thoroughly. I could see somebody winning by going up the river section, catching seven bass in a day. Yep. But there are a largemouth or five largemouth, two spots, or whatever is up there. Yeah. They just happen to, right, and they grind it out, and they, they'll they come in very respectable and actually win the tournament. You can go you can go up the river and catch a pretty good bag of largemouth. I know I know guys that that's all they do when they fish. Yeah. And you live and die by it, but... Someone who, who who's going to win is going to win doing that. I, you're probably right. The river's probably going to... The winner's probably going to come out of running the river. Yep. I'm going to say a rock crawler is going to be a mm. big, big factor. Rock, they love throwing. You're gonna rock lose a bunch of them if you go. Up oh, absolutely! And them bad boys, jig. <laughs> it's gonna be a jig. Snagless jigs. Yep. All you BPT guys, that's this is the time for it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so after after Redcrest, uh, we move over to their actual second event of the year, stage two, because Redcrest is equivalent of their classic. It's their championship. You had to qualify the previous year. So stage two. They're going to the Cherokee Douglas, March 18th through 23rd. Now I know the Elite Series went there last year or the year before. MLF's been there before too. Mm-hmm. I forgot to write down. And this is uh, it's early. It is early. It seems like they always go here pretty early, no matter the series. You know, going to be a cold water event. It is close to Knoxville, mm-hmm. so actually Knoxville with the classic this year with MLF coming there, or in the region, right? It's mm-hmm. they're getting a lot of they're showing out on the different bodies of water. I have no idea how to predict this. I suspect again another smallmouth. I've only fished Douglas a couple of times. It's going to be smallmouth. Yeah. Who won it for the elites? Was it Gustafson? Uh, I honestly don't remember. I'd have to go look. Yeah. I just remember that was miserable form. The weather was yeah. absolutely atrocious. It's, I think the water was high too or something. I mean, this is you're essentially in like Sevierville, Gatlinburg. You're in the mountains. Yeah. yeah. Mountains, March. I mean, it could be snowing in March. Yeah. Just depending on it, it's going to be. It'll be an interesting one. It's going to be smallmouth. I don't think it's going to be. You, they catch some bags on there mm-hmm. the right time of year, but I don't think it's going to be this one. I think um, it's going to be that person that goes out there with their electronics, dominates, finds a smallies, is able to manage five fish a day or you know, 15, 20 fish throughout the tournament, whatever the case may be. I think smallmouth are going to play in this one. Yeah, I can see 15, 16 pounds on Championship yep. Sunday. The thing with especially Cherokee, I've only fished Cherokee, so I don't know Douglas that well, but... It's another one that the river you can run up the river and catch largemouth mm-hmm. on Cherokee. So yeah. I've never fished either one. I think Douglas is the one I go over on I forty when I'm going to Missouri. Probably. And it, it's massive from, yeah. from fished, way up there on that bridge looking I down the Cherokee mountain. Cherokee in like October, and since those are drawdown lakes, it was like seventeen feet low. Because yeah. winter drawdown. And it was it wasn't very good fishing. But man, the structure in that lake when it when it's full pool, I bet it's great. Yeah. But yeah, it'll be uh I don't know how to predict that one. It's going to be, like I said, it's early. Yep. I'm a little bit surprised by Red Crest, by Norman and Cherokee being that early, but it, the, you know the, the the thing you bring up a good point about Red Crest being so early. It very well could be a spotted bass tournament, depending on if they find a bag out in the middle of the lake or off those shoals or whatever the case may be, where their spots are schooling pre-spawn. I really think somebody. The the person that's going to win Red Crest is going to find the largemouth bite in the yeah. river. And I will say, 16, 17 pounds, locals, although in the wintertime, you can see it on all the Facebook page, you see 
a decent handful of 20 pound bags yeah. on Norman in March, early March, February, January sure. time frame. So they catch some big, bigger spots, four mm-hmm. or five pounders. And there's some good, there's some good spots in Norman. Mm-hmm. So I know we jump back to Norman. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's go back to another uh, uh, kind of spotted bass, maybe offshore lake. That's their stage three. Their event three is also at Lake Murray, which if you listen to our last episode, the elites are going there. A few weeks before, mm-hmm. they're going in March. I think that the MLF is going at a good time on Lake Murray. I think they're going at a real good time. I mean, that should be prime spawn. Prime spawn. Should especially be. for the largemouth in the lake. Yep. Um, so I think it will be very, uh, very different conditions from the elite. So it'll be interesting to contrast the styles it take to, to win that tournament just based upon when they're fishing it. Yeah. It'll lake, be interesting. Lake Murray's a good body of water. They do, uh, I think annually they do the big bass bash mm-hmm. there where you weigh in a bass like every hour on the hour depending and uh i think it's up to a thousand dollars per hour and then the winner of the whole event gets a boat and stuff like that so lake murray's got a lot of fish in it good body of water a lot of buddies of mine have history on that lake that should be a pretty uh interesting event so i'm excited to see that one yeah yeah then gunnersville old lake gunnersville in may, may. i mean that should be a Slugfest. That's Could a grass be. tournament right there. Although, so Gunnersville, when they went, um, the elites went uh, this year or last year. I, I can't remember now. But they were really discussing um, how the grass is, you know, the ledge fishing's changed a lot. There's, there was eel grass mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then the guy who actually won it, and I can't remember, he was throwing a frog and then punching like shallow shallow areas and not out on your traditional ledges that time of year where, where guys are used to ledge fishing so uh, the lakes changed a little bit um so we'll see how it plays out but it should still be a absolute slugfest at gunnersville yeah yeah i think it's gonna be especially that time of year gunnersville we moved to cayuga after that cayuga i have no history i have no idea about cayuga they're going there in june where is cayuga it's in uh, New York. New York? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Smallmouth Lake, Largemouth Lake, what's the deal? I don't know much about it. Should have done more research, but <laughs> yeah, I couldn't get real excited for the MLF. Yeah, uh, I mean, we all definitely have our personal preferences. I think, I think you're going to see a lot of the same thing from the last uh, few tournaments that the MLF has, just like, just like the Elite Series. You're going to see Smallmouth, Smallmouth. Some largemouth and then smallmouth again. So Cayuga Lake, June 6th through the 11th. They should smash the smallies on that one. Depending on the weather situation, I think that's one of those lakes that gets affected significantly by wind as well. That'll be interesting to see, especially with the five-fish format. Not sure who's going to take the W on that one. And then we move on to another spot close to uh, Cayuga, which is Lake St. Clair, right? Yeah, yep. June End of June, 24th, 29th. That'll be a good one. Yeah, that'll be a big one. Do you think we'll see 100 pounds? Mm, no. No? I mean, it's hard to tell because guys are fishing, right, the two days. I guess they fish a total of four days, right? If yeah, they, but it's only, it's, well, they, they reset that weight. Oh, yeah, that's I right. mean, you could add it up. Like, so, like, you Michael Neal won last time they were there in 2021. He had 58 fish for 168 pounds. <sighs> They don't do century belts in the BPT, do they? No, because he had 58 fish to get 160 <laughs> pounds. Well, so now they technically could. Now right? they can. Now because, yes, the rates, the, I mean, 
the weights, <laughs> I can't talk right now. The weights reset, um, you know, for everybody come, you know, after the, why am I drawing a blank? This is terrible. After the <laughs> knockout round? Yeah, after the yeah. knockout rounds, right? So that they reset, everyone comes back together and they reset each day. I mean, if you added them up, you know, they're potentially, but, but I don't know. At St. Clair. It'll be uh, post. It depends on it depends on the winner Michigan gets. Yeah, that's true. That could be spawn. That could be post spawn. It just it all depends on on the winner they get. And there. I, and for the viewers, I know it doesn't seem like we're super excited about the MLF schedule, and that's probably for a good reason because there's a lot of questions in the air, right? Like, how is this new five fish format going to change the game? What's it going to be for the viewers? How's it going to change for the anglers? Like all t all sorts of things like that. And you know, the the good thing is is they have some diversity in their schedule. Uh, going from Lake St. Clair, they go down to or they go to another spot uh to saginaw bay for their uh was that stage seven right so they're going from small mouth to small mouth to small mouth uh kind of like the the elite series is doing but we're just the questions in the air right like how is this going to look right so for saginaw bay they're going to be there august uh was that the uh, the first week of august that's most likely going to be a small mouth deal as well yeah, yeah i would think so now we're just wondering how is this going to change everything and you know we'll probably have a lot more feedback after we watch these if you watch these p <laughs> oh it's um, not that i'm not going to watch them i just i don't we'll we'll talk about it the second half of the show yeah we'll, so, we'll get into our our thoughts a little bit more i think we need to we need to talk about this five fish and yeah the old format versus the new a little bit more true just to get because it, it probably does look like we're not excited and i'm not saying that i'm not excited it's still fishing but i don't know how this five fish thing's gonna work yeah <laughs> saginaw bay we saw the last major tour there i guess would have been npfl yeah npfl went up there they hammered them man and it was uh you had guys do well on largemouth yep and you had guys i mean smallmouth won the day but sure you could you could potentially get in there and catch a check if you got on the right largemouth bite on saginaw bay in the river yeah um Weather de weather dependent. I mean, if the weather's terrible and you go largemouth fishing the entire time you're there, they, they could they could be the tournament yeah. winners, right? So it'll yeah. be interesting to see. But uh, the lack yeah. of history with the MLF and weights and all that makes it tough too. It's a tough it's a tough talk for those that are listening or watching. Like yeah, it's hard to find. Oh, well, you can't even find really the FLW's results. Those have sort of disappeared. Mm -hmm. And some of these lakes they haven't fished. Uh, you know, we know we they fish Kissimmee, they fish Cherokee and Douglas. Uh, I thought I wrote the weight down, but apparently I didn't. St. Clair, they fished, but we were talking like I I just assumed they had been to Gunnersville. But if you go back mm -hmm. to when the Bass Pro Tour started, it was what 2018, and they haven't fished Gunnersville uh, since since its inception. This what I wish MOF would do and BPT, and they've done it a few times. I would like to see them go to smaller. Uh, lakes, more varied locations, because yes, they have an eight, eight, 80 angler field, but max 40 are fishing at a time. You can fish in pretty small waters, and we saw that. I mean, even last year, right? They went to Caney Creek, and they're going um, back there for the heavy hitters, yeah, right? Heavy hitters. Mm -hmm. um, but that was a, a, an actual stage event, and, and we've seen that before. Some smaller bodies of water, or maybe they do right one lake every for one section of the tournament knockout round, and they switch right for. Mm -hmm. As they go, I mean, when we look at the schedule, right? Kissimmee, 
all the big events go there. There's there's open events, right? There's Toyota's, well, the Invitational or Toyota Series, right? You know, everyone goes there. Same with Norman, uh, right? Cherokee and Douglas, less so, but there's been some, you know, uh, events there, pro-level events recently. Right. Murray, it's been a while, but we're coming back. Gunnersville is always tournament. Cuyahoga? Cuyahoga Lake. Cuyahoga? <laughs> hey, you New Yorkers correct me down there. I think it's Cuyahoga. 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 All right. Um, you make fun of me all you want. I can't, can't, can't pronounce names sometimes. <laughs> Haven't seen that a lot. Everyone goes to St. Clair a lot. Saginaw Bay. I know the MPFO. So I would, it seems like, and we're going we're gonna to break this down at some point. We're going to go through like the last 10 to 15 years and put out all the locations because we know the pro-level tours, regardless, they always go to the same lakes. And MLF, because it is smaller and it fishes way smaller, that they have the opportunity they could go to some more unique locations and show off some bodies of water. Um, so, you, you know, we're, we're sitting up here and, and maybe we don't sound as enthused with it. That's part of the reason for me. It's still going to yeah. be a great year. These are pro anglers are some of the best in the world. They're going to show out. Yep. I mean, some of these guys are going to catch 100 fish, but their best fives are going to be like 25 pounds. It's, yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah. Some guys are just going to absolutely crush, and it's going to be exciting to see. It's just, you know, sometimes I wish they to see some different locations. For those of you guys who are watching and listening, cast your questions, drop your comments below. Let us know what you think about the MLF and, and the BPT's uh, tour events for this year. We're interested to see. And uh, we'll see you here uh, after we take a quick break. All right, folks, we're back from the break. We just broke down the MLF uh, tournament schedule for 2023. I promise we're more excited right now. So let's let's jump into uh, introducing the real quick. I want to introduce the uh, the rookies to the to the series. Right. So we got Matt Becker out of Pennsylvania, Josh Butler out of Alabama, Mitch Crane out of Mississippi, John Hunter out of Kentucky, Jacob Wall out of Alabama and Nick LeBron out of uh, Louisiana. So those are the new guys that are going to be running the BPT. I think with the format change, these guys will be kind of right on par or if not ahead of the curve because they've been fishing that through the stepping stones of getting into the BPT. I don't know what your guys' thoughts are, but Nick LeBron, Matt Becker, and John Hunter, I know those three from watching some of their content, they're hammers. They're really good, and I think that this five-fish format, it, it's going to be no change for them. I, yeah, we'll see. I, <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I don't think the change is going to affect people that much. No. I mean, it, it's what people, these guys are some of the best in the world. They've been doing it their entire life, except yeah, for the they, last three years. Yeah. And even if they were fishing the cup events where they were still fishing another tour where the, where the focus was five fish. Mm -hmm. So most of these guys, it's not like they grew up right in, in their entire strategy was dependent upon the, 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 every fish counts format. I mean, it's, it's not, I don't think it's going to be that big a change. If anything, maybe just an event or two, right. Then they get back in the swinger things. Yeah. I mean, these guys often drop down and fish local events and they're in the off time or, or other smaller tournaments. So I don't think it's going to be a, a big effect. You have anything on that Pete? I think it's actually going to help more people. Than it's going to hurt. You got guys like uh, Dave Lefebvre and some other folks that have struggled with the whole catch as many as you can look at Dave on, when they he did heavy hitters, they were he was on Sharon Harris. He caught some big fish, mm -hmm. but he wasn't targeting those some of those smaller bed fish that the guys that won were. He was throwing a frog, catching ones that hadn't moved up yet, and doing things different. So, I think it plays to some folks' strengths. 
But like Ben said, I mean, these guys have been doing it forever. Jacob Wheeler's winning a tournament every weekend in the offseason catching five fish. My whole thing with it is the viewership is, is where it's going to suffer. It's not going to be as fun to watch because you're going to know who won before it's over. You're going to know, you know, with Bass Track, we've, we talked about this. I don't remember if it was on the podcast or not, but we, they know people sandbag. Some people overestimate, but you don't actually know. Do, do you think we're going to know who wins before it's over with them resetting the weights and with them? On the last day, yeah, you're going to know who, who's winning the entire time. There's no there's no anticipation. There's no excitement. It's like, yep, he went out and caught five fish for 20 pounds and won. I think. No way in. They handed him a trophy and shot some confetti off in the parking lot. Well, what do you think about spawning events, though? I think that'll be a little bit different for spawning events versus like a ledge fishing event, uh, right? No. You don't think so? Like I if fish some- spawning events. I'm catching the five biggest fish that I find on a bed, and I'm skipping every one that's not. If it's under three pounds, I'm not even going to try to catch it. But since they know the weights of their their peers, if they're sandbagging and they're not catching the big fish to wait for that last hour within Nobody's going to risk doing that because it might take two hours to catch a nine-pound fish off a bed. You're not going to wait for the last minute to try to catch that fish. I think that's what will make, if anything, the viewership um, exciting is, yeah, you know the weights, but just like it was with all the fish counts, like it could be up until that last 30 seconds that you see a big fish caught and it just changes everything. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it was the same before, but I got to watch people catch 100 fish instead of catch five. They're still going to catch the fish. Yeah, I mean, they, they catch them on the elites all the time, small fish. They just don't have them on TV all the time. Yeah. So I, there's a viewership. As I think about it, if you're a fan and you're in the local region, yeah, you can't go to a way and experience that type of the, the – you don't know until they put them on the scale. But to be honest, as, a, as someone who watches it, or, you know, streamed, I don't have to sit around and wait for three-hour weigh-in to know who actually won. Like, it's done at three o'clock. Tournament's done. I know right away. I can shut my phone off, and that I can go do whatever I got to do. That's true. And so, like, you see, you see the immediate results. So, you know, I don't know how it's going to play with the audience and viewership. You know, there's something. You know, for most events, I mean, maybe it would be different for Red Crest or something. They're, they're a big event, right? When you have a lot of people coming into an expo and you want that suspense. But for, but for most events, the majority of people were just watching online and they know right away. So I don't, th- I don't know if it's going to be as big a deal as, as maybe people make it out to be. It's, it's interesting. I do want to get back. You mentioned heavy hitters. We did not talk about the heavy hitters for this year. So the heavy hitters event is something the BPT puts on. And it's actually my favorite event of yours. They, from the previous season, right? they basically take the biggest fish for each tournament and they rack and stack them. And the top people caught basically the top 40 biggest fish are going to be in the heavy hitters event. Um, and this year it's at Candy Creek and Bussy Break, which is Louisiana, which was their stage one event last year. The weather was terrible last year. Um, the winner had five fish for 26 pounds. P, who remember who that was? Uh, Bradley, Bradley, yeah, Bradley Roy, Roy, yeah. Roy, Roy, yeah. So he, I mean, five, five for twenty six. I mean, the, the, it puts out. There were some big fish caught, but it, it was tough for a lot of guys. A lot of guys only caught one fish, um, but they went in February. They're going in April this year, so it should be a really great event. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Randy Howe caught a ten pounder uh, yeah. last year down there during that tournament. They had another lake thrown in there. 
um, you know, for the the Arborn. Yes, yeah. After after the knockout round, da- so Darbone. Darbone. I Darbone. think Darbone's closer. I don't know. I think it's the. Arbonne. I don't know. That's the way. Hey, that you Cajuns, Louisianans <laughs> down there, Darbone. Can Let some us please comment and let us know. How you say it. <laughs> what was that? What? You don't know what a. <laughs> What's that? That's a Cajun. That's what they call them. Is it? Hell yeah. Oh, that's new to me. Okay. You didn't know that? <laughs> no. Hey, whatever that means, I like I it. I apologize for my friends here. <laughs> my mind my went Louisiana. another direction, which was not good. No, for, all my, for all our Louisiana listeners, I apologize. That, no, uh, no. So but yeah. I, I think that's neat, though. Like, I've never even heard of those places. That's the first time I heard of Lake Darbone. I've heard of Caney Creek and, and Bussy Break. I've never heard of those before. And I think you talked about it earlier, Ben, like, the BPT has an opportunity to go to so many different places that the elites and the MPFL and other major tournament circuits, they just can't go, right? Just mm-hmm. due to the field size. And, and and that is a pro, I guess, for their format with not having a live fish weigh in is that they can experience different bodies of water. And I think that's that's something that's interesting. And I and I, to me, that catches my attention, right? You want to get me excited about this? Like I'm not that I'm not excited. It's fishing, but if you want me to tune in and like watch every minute of it, every minute of it, don't go to Lake Gunnersville. Don't go to the Kiss Me Chain. Don't go to St. Clair. Go to some smaller body of water. Jordan and and Falls and and I don't want to great is a great example of that. There's they smaller t- bodies of water. Big fish. It showed off what we fish locally. It, it showed off twice when they did heavy hitters. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, one year the lakes were flooded and it was ridiculous. The next year, um, or uh, two or three years later, it was yeah, two yeah, years later, right? Years. So they, they had an off year. It, it wasn't quite as good. They came at a little different time. And actually, I, what I predict happened is that uh, day one, you know, because it basically when they set up for Jordan, uh, falls jordan and harris they fish falls one day yep. uh, and then the second group would fish falls and then for the second yeah, if you're group a so two days later you're not fishing jordan you know group b well, the second time they changed that that was the first time this last time they were here group a only fished jordan and group b only fished falls and then they did the championship on harris so you didn't have to swap lakes and they did that I think because of what you were, your point you were getting at was the way the lakes were changing the, the way the lakes were changing that time of year is that those fish were moving up mm-hmm. to spawn, and the water in Falls and Jordan is is pretty muddy. Yeah, right? yeah. You can't really sight fish very well in, in these bodies of water. So when those fish got on beds, basically they're blind casting their beds. And then, again, this is what I predict would happen. So you saw the weights go down throughout the event. Now, when they got over Sharon Harris, who had a little bit cleaner water and a much you know smaller uh, field, it really showed out. But I think the entire point is uh, Falls is what, 15, 16,000 acres. Jordan's mm-hmm. like 14. Harris is like 5,700 acres. If that, I think it's in the 4,000s. Maybe it's 4, a small it's body small. of water. And, and they show out. They've got a lot of big fish. And there's there's lakes like that around the entire country. Yep. That they, there's that, lakes like that. There's There's river systems that are only accessible you know, from smaller ramps and things, there's, there's opportunity. And that, I would rather watch them do that. Yeah. Fish a different body of water because I haven't seen it a million. I've watched 700,000 fish get caught on Lake Gunnersville <laughs> since I started watching fishing on TV in, you know, 1990. Or Same with Kissimmee or Toho. We've seen those lakes. I've never even been on Gunnersville, but I can run somewhere and catch a fish because I've seen 3,000 get caught on TV. Yeah, I know, you know exactly I mean? which bridge I need to go rip a jerk bait through. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to it's catch, not, you know. And I think that's part of where my, like, it's not exciting for me to watch a guy try to catch five fish on Gunnersville with no weigh in. Sure. 
I'd rather not know and watch the three-hour weigh-in because I've seen them catch so many fish on Gunnersville. Yeah. So it takes that. But watching a guy on a body of water that he's maybe practiced on two days, that's another thing I'd like to see is give him – they do do have official practice, don't they? They do. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, give them those two days of practice on a lake they've never been to. And not just like they've never been to. There's a small lake. There's not a lot of information on these yeah. lakes. Mm-hmm. You can't go watch YouTube videos from five, six, seven, eight, ten years ago. Right, as you can on a lot of these other ones, or there's right, a lot of these are destination lakes. There's a lot of fishing reports, local guides out there are publishing YouTube or, or blog posts, telling them what the fish are doing, all public information. So these guys can use all of it. And they, of course, all these guys have history on the lake, even if they haven't fished at a pro level. You see the open or the open equivalent events or large BFL events, right? That, that yeah, a lot of these guys have worked their way yeah, up yeah. through. They have been on these bodies of water. Yep. Now uh, for those, for those watching, those listening, I mean, I'm, you know, let us know what your thoughts are on their, their format and taking it to smaller bodies of water. I'm sure some people are for it and some people are probably opposed to it. Cause they're like, Hey, don't let my secret out of there. You know what I mean? I don't want, I don't want people coming to my, my small body of water, but the reality is, is it brings a lot of money to the town and it helps out with a lot of, we said the same thing about Jordan, but yeah, it didn't do anything. You can come visit and try to catch five fish. (laughs) Yeah. Well, good luck. I promise you it's not going to happen. No, no, but it it does make it interesting. What's frustrating about that and having them guys come here is you realize just how bad you really are. (laughs) (laughs) Because I can, I fish that like, I mean, Almost six days a week I spent on Jordan, and these guys come in here in three days and they're just catching hammers. Which, which goes back to my point, like the the, the, the going back to the five fish is not going to affect these guys that much. No, these guys are so good at what they do that they're going to find a way. It's the same debate when you start talking about lives. People will take live scope and all these electronics away. They're going to smack you around your home lake like you've never been smacked around. Mm-hmm. Look at uh, which I don't remember which Shyrock brother fishes the. The MLF. I get the two confused. I think it's uh, Fletcher Fletcher fishes BPT. Okay. So Hunter fishes. The elites. Yeah. So think about anyway, him on Jordan. I mean, he caught two over eights blind flipping Mm -hmm. bushes that those big females just moved up to spawn. Like my biggest out of Jordan is still just under eight. And I've put hundreds, if not over 2000 hours on that lake. And in the five years I've been down here. I will say when they went to Jordan, no Jordan was like perfect, right? Like it was a perfect. It was low. I think it was like two. The water. No, I thought it was. I no. thought it was. Was it low? It was normal pool the second time. Two sixteen is yeah. the normal pool. So on they Jordan. were they were pushing mud to get to some of the spots they did. Mm. Like you, if you go back and watch some of the video, they're trimmed up barely a prop, and they're they're putting more mud than water out with their motor to get back into into where those fish are spawning, and that's part of the problem with Jordan. It falls. The first year was when it was like super six high. Foot high? Mm-hmm. No, it was more than that. Yeah, I mean it was high. I've never been on falls when it's that high. Not falls, but Jordan, Jordan. was that high. They were fishing it, and they put an absolute clinic on. And I was fishing. I didn't even know they were here. It was like right when I first got down here and brought my boat down, and uh, I was out there fishing. I had no idea they were there, and I'm like, I caught like one little two pounds largemouth and i thought i was king of the world and then <laughs> my dad's like do you know that mlf is there and i was like no and i go and look and dude's got like 20 for 70 pounds and i'm like where are them fish at? <laughs> dude i'm t- so when when they were here last and and they fisher championship round on sharon harris i was on leave at the time getting ready for a deployment and um 
I got a lot of I got a lot of I caught a lot of flack for that, like being out on the lake when ten of them were on the body of water, and I ended up catching. Uh, they were still spawning at the time and I caught like a seven, seven, seven on the body of water. And I think big fish that day was like a little over five, but that's the cool part about that format is even on a lake like Harris, when they're on their championship route, 10 boats is nothing, right? It's nothing. So, you know, getting out there, there were more spectator boats than there were people, you know, fishing competitively. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty cool to see them do that. I hope that they take the, take this format and they run with it on different bodies of water that we never even heard of before. So that was when, when major league fishing first came around, that was what was the appeal was, was they took those guys. Yep. They picked their official, picked them up at a hotel and said, here's the map to the lake. And they went and fished it. And then, you know, did the, the way catch way release thing and all that, but they had no idea where they were fishing. Yep. It was usually a small body of water. Some of them guys never even heard of. Yeah. And I think, that's the opportunity to showcase those. And I don't know. I just, I have trouble getting excited. I don't think this whole new format is going to be exciting. That's my take. It might be a bad take, but for me personally, I mean, I'm going to watch it cause I like watching people catch fish, but I'm going to watch it. Cause these guys are the best in the world, what they do. I also got mad MLF when they were here for heavy hitters cause they fished Jordan Friday, Sunday. And we, I, there was a, you know, Jordan has a tournament every Saturday and mm -hmm. I was fishing one Saturday and watching Friday, they were doing like the interviews in the parking lot. And one of the, I'm not going to say who, but one of the MLF pros was like, Oh, for all you locals that are watching this, just stay off the water tomorrow. Cause we need these fish. We do this for a living and we have it 365. You have it 365 days a year. We're only here for a week. I think that's a bad take. So I work five, sometimes six days a week. Saturday's my day. I'm fishing. I don't care. I don't care if I'm cutting Kevin. I don't get to fish 300 days a year. No. Like, <laughs> you know? So th that's, that that's something that, that, that was even said. Yeah. So first of all, that in my opinion, that shouldn't be said. But for all you watching and listening, like, what are your thoughts on that? Like when a professional, whether or not it's, you know, an elite or BPT event, uh, you know, a triple A event, a prime event, whatever the case may be, when they're on a body of water, do you stay off the body of water? Like, I think there's a difference in going behind them and fishing the same stuff that they're fishing versus you pay your taxes, you work for a living, you want to go out when you can get an opportunity to go out and fish. And I'm that way, right? Like the, the flack that I caught from fishing Sharon Harris with 10 boats on their championship round, I, to be honest with you, I don't care. The professional anglers have to build that into their calculus, right? Like when they're fishing these events, they know the weekend warriors out there, the working man and woman's out there fishing. At the end of the day, there's an unwritten etiquette about it. Don't go behind them and fish their stuff or go pick off their sight fish. But at the end of the day, it's just fishing, right? Me personally, I want to stay off the water because I don't want, I don't want to be around all the boats and all the pressure. Yep. You know, so and to me, it's it's situational. If you've got 40 guys fishing something like Lake Norman, which is massive, or the Kissimmee chain, right? You can get on the body of water. And never see them. And never see them, never even be around them. And if a guy pulls up there and they're a fishing a tournament, my thought process, I'm going to leave. I'm giving this guy... If, yeah, if I'm yeah, if I if he if I'm fun fishing and he's fishing a tournament, absolutely. Like, I'm not gonna go cut him off running down a bank. I'm not gonna fish his stuff. But to tell me on the day off that you're on the lake to try to tell local people they should stay off a body of water because you're doing it for a living. Like I had already paid my entry fee, Bo. Yours might be more, but 
I'm still fishing a tournament that's been planned for over a year. Well, that's another great question to ask everyone. You're fishing a club event, whether or not it's a $20 buy-in, a $100 buy-in, you're fishing a cat tournament, whatever the case may be. Do you leave your spot if you're fishing an event for a pro-level tour uh, angler like that? I don't. If I'm fishing a tournament. I mean, if, you, if you're fishing a tournament and you paid your money and you got your license and you're doing everything legitimately. It's public water. Right. I beat them there. Now, if I get there and he's fishing, I'm not going to cut him off or try to go. fish around him. But if I'm already there and he comes rolling in, it's like, hey, I fished this yesterday. Well, then you should have been here first today. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, it's professional gambling. Like, let's think about it like that. Like, yeah, it's a professional sport, but at the end of the day, you're paying to play. You're you're entitled to the water just like every other taxpayer. That's my take on it. And I'm definitely interested from hearing from our viewers what their opinion is on, like, do you leave or do you stay? Like I, you know, I wouldn't go out and fun fish intentionally. But what if it's Personally. your only day off? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of people that yeah, only get. I, I get why people would. Personally, I I would take a Saturday off. I mean, there's so, like there's so many situations. Like, yeah, what if you planned situation. a vacation a year in advance? Like when I got out of the army, I went down to the Harris chain, and it just so happened the way it worked is that the open was coming through about on my last couple of days and there was a big high school national event there. Mm -hmm. And ultimately what I decided was, cause I already fished the Harris chain for about a week at that point is that I just went to a different lake. I went to a uh, yellow lake, which is used to be part of the chain, um, completely different setup than the other lake. So it took some adjusting. Uh, there was hydrilla and like 20 foot of water and crystal clear mm -hmm. uh, compared to the Harris chain, which was very different setup. But I chose to leave because I didn't want to be around the pressure and all. It, mm -hmm. it wasn't, right? and these guys were just practicing still. It wasn't an actual and I, event. I look at like Trey, you were on Sharon Harris. You were on leave getting ready to go on deployment. Like if it's, mm -hmm. if I'm you in that situation, I'm fishing. Yeah. But if I'm just going out to fun fish on a regular Saturday, I, I'd probably take a Saturday off. To be honest with you, I didn't even know the MLF was there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I wasn't following it. But there's that too. I mean, like, it, it brings up a good topic, right? So we talked about like the BPT and the MLF having you know less anglers, more ability to go out and fish smaller bodies of water. That might be something they think about as well when they're scheduling their events. Is like, while we can go to these smaller bodies of water. What are we going to do to locals? How is that going to be received, et cetera? So it's something to think about, but we're definitely interested in hearing the thoughts. Yeah. There are going to be some mad people in these comments, I can tell you. Hey, that's okay. <laughs> that's, that's the whole point here is like create some sort of dialogue because, hey, there's probably a lot of great ideas out there, and we definitely uh, are entitled to ours, but it doesn't mean that they're right or wrong. No, or and I'll go ahead so. and cut everybody off. We are a bunch of nobodies. You don't have to put in the comments 100 times. We're just some dudes that like to fish and talk about it. So we yeah. love fishing. Yeah. That's right. No, we appreciate everyone listening in. Does anybody have anything else on the BPT and the MLF schedule for twenty twenty? I got one more thing I thought was interesting. I was listening to that interview with Boy Duckett again. He said they had twenty four thousand anglers compete across all their various levels. So BFL, their uh, Toyota series, their or last year was Tackle Warehouse, but now Invitational series, and then the BPT there's that's a lot of anglers 24,000 now we all know that not all those are trying to compete and move up to the, to right. the next level but uh I mean that's that's a lot when, when you go in starting the BFL and you want to make the BPT like you're looking you got to beat a lot of people yeah, yeah so these guys are very good at what they do um at that level and that's why 
it will still be exciting to watch them go out and do their thing and put fish in the boat in ways that most of us, let's be real, us sitting here talking, folks watching, listening to this, we, we, sometimes we just wish we could have one day like they have right in, yeah. in our life. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, we're sitting here talking while they're out there fishing. So that just tells you something, <laughs> right? Know, I, so, I mean, it is pouring down rain to be It is. It, it is. We're I not probably fair, wouldn't be fishing. We're not fair weather fishermen, but uh, I am. yeah. <laughs> I'm not going out there in the rain unless I have to. I'll be straight with you. <laughs> we hope you guys. Uh, we hope you guys like the the topics uh, breaking down the MLF in the previous segment. We talked about the elites and stuff. So, um, you know, throw some questions at us. Drop comments in the the comment section. Like and subscribe. We hope that everyone uh, appreciates us talking about these things. And uh, I definitely appreciate everyone's opinion sitting here um, because it matters. So thank you guys for for throwing out your opinions of the MLF. All right. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next time. Yeah. See you out in the water. Play that music. That's a good one. Oh, God. It's a toad, It's a toad, dude. Let's go. I wake up to a little bit of drool on my pillow, feel like it's gonna be a bad day.